0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of AMC Cultivate podcast. I'm your host, Myron Glova. In this episode, we're taking you back to the 2023 Canada's Farm Show for the Launch Your Career in Ag event. This event was hosted by Canada's Farm Show and AMC as a way to connect prospective job seekers with over 300 potential employees from the agricultural industry. Did you know that the agricultural equipment manufacturing industry in Canada is like no other? With annual revenues soaring past a staggering $8 billion, it's a unique and thriving sector that stands out in the Canadian economic landscape, a hub of innovation and economic growth, unmatched by many other manufacturing sectors. This industry offers more than just a job. It offers thrilling careers in skilled trades, engineering, marketing, communications, finance, human resources, and many, many more. To help shed some light on these vast opportunities, we are joined by Matlin Riley, an engineer with Redicott Manufacturing, Krissa Casting, CEO of Duckfoot Parts, Glennis Stewart, VP of Process Improvement with Daigleman Industries, Chris Morrison, Sales Specialist with Raven Industries, and AMC's President, Donna Boyd. Let's join the panel as they discuss how they got involved in the agricultural area and the career opportunities in this dynamic industry. Let's begin with panel moderator, Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel.
1: Certainly I'm somebody who grew up on a green farm in Saskatchewan, but I personally saw no opportunities for me when I was in high school, uh, deciding whether or not I should, uh, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. In fact, I think if there was one thing I knew for sure, when I graduated from high school in small town, Saskatchewan, it was that I was not going to be a farmer. And that probably included not having a career in agriculture. And that wasn't because there wasn't a lot of opportunities. I just didn't know about them. So Donna, why don't we start with you?
2: My backstory is that um, I have spent the majority of my career in not-for-profit leadership. So in the health and academic sectors, And as I say, um, there is no greater opportunity right now out there for anyone than in ag. So do you wanna share us a, a bit about the careers in ag piece of that puzzle that you already mentioned? The need for talent in our industry has never been greater. And that was evidenced throughout the course of the pandemic, certainly when I joined AMC in 2019, began having conversations with our member manufacturers and their suppliers. Um, There was a common thread that not only was coming up through those conversations, but as well throughout the 53 year history of our association, where are we going to get the talent that we need now? And where do we get the talent that we need in the future? It's become increasingly evident that uh, there was no one that was really at the fore leading this and the encouragement that I received from our board of directors, from our members, and from those in our industry to really get our arms around this, not only for ag manufacturing, but for ag writ large, and to take that leadership role that unites industry, academia, and government in really kind of a a, a humongous push to say, if you've not explored a career in ag, let us tell you and let us show
1: you about the opportunities that are out there for you. In the agriculture industry right now, we are pulling, trying to pull people into this industry. And then you've got another demographic that is trying to push themselves into a market. But this is agriculture is a market that a lot of people are very unfamiliar with. So what what was the origination for an initiative like this? It was really
2: that impetus that was born of Uh, The the tremendous demand that we have right now. Again, that it kept coming up in conversations. And when we think about a career in ag, uh, one of the key messages for us, Sherilyn, is that we definitely want to dispel any myths that are out there. You said yourself, you didn't want to be a farmer. You You knew what it was like to grow up on a farm and you didn't want to do it. For those of us who didn't grow up on a farm, we wouldn't be thinking necessarily of agriculture as our first choice career. And we want to ensure that we are uh, really presenting all of the opportunities that are available in our industry. So if you're uh, pursuing a career in engineering, if you're pursuing a career in technology, finance, human resources, there's a career for you in
1: ag. So Donna has brought with her four strong ambassadors from the manufacturing industry. And I think it would be a pleasure to hear from each of you, maybe your own agricultural story, how it is that you ended up into the career you're in today. So Chris, maybe we'll start with you.
3: Just like you, Sherilyn, I grew up on a small farm in Saskatchewan and I knew that there was not a place for me there. Went off to university and I pursued a career in social work until joining my husband on the farm about, I don't even know how many years ago that was. So I had a good career in social work and then joined him on the farm. We had a farm innovation and called the Duckfoot, and now we have a business um, that's evolved around that product.
1: What role did you particularly play? It may be at the onset of your career coming into agriculture. I heard you use the phrase married a farmer. That's a very common phrase that we hear amongst women coming into agriculture. And it's almost as though we feel we're not just sure what our role might be on the farm. So I'm just going to say I'm married a farmer. Do you, can you think about the transition from when you first stepped foot on that farm and discovering what your role might look like? And maybe tell us a bit about your role in the innovation that is now Duckfoot.
3: I actually had said I would never marry a farmer um, growing up on a farm and seeing what my parents went through, how hard we worked, um, but obviously that happens. So um, I started out on the farm being more the gopher, the parts runner, um, the cook, I did all sorts of things, um, then I became the grain cart driver at Harvest, um, so got more involved in using the equipment and, and being more of a functional uh, part of the farm. Um, and then I was riding in the combine with my husband one day, and he was expressing his frustration harvesting the lentils and seeing the losses, and he just said, I know that I can do something about this, I have this idea. And so I said, well, what will it take? And uh, let's try it. So we just started down the path of exploring this um, innovation. And we launched actually a Canada's Farm Show five years ago in the Innovation Pavilion. Uh, We won a Sterling Innovation Award there. And that was really the impetus for us to see, like, there is a need for this product in the market. Um, and so since then, we now are in four different countries and expanding and growing our business and trying to reach more farmers and help them to understand um, the benefits, you know, and, and the ways that we can help um, increase our efficiency, reduce losses, um, and save some time and money along the way.
1: Thank you for sharing that because that's an incredibly inspiring piece of this story. Oftentimes as, as farmers and in industry will walk around a trade show like this, picking up the brochures and the pamphlets, and thinking about whether or not we may want to invest in these kind of products. But I think it's nice to be able to think about how that product got there in the first place, what that pro- what that program was like, and how those innovations really start from a conversation in a combine. Was there any lessons learned? There's mistakes along the way. We know that's probably gotten to, to your success today. Are there any lessons learned that you'd like to share for for those aspiring students and aspiring professionals that think innovation may be the avenue for them into agriculture
3: i think you know we didn't start out with this path and thinking we are going to go into having a business around it it really was just something that we wanted to do for ourselves and if it would help other farmers then that was going to be the topping on the cake but um i think having a peer group or talking to other people, gaining advice from other people who are already, you know, maybe have a business or, you know, what path they took is very important. Um, I think being open to learn and being adaptable as well, that's that's huge, right? So being very flexible and um, yeah, soaking up whatever information you can get um, and uh, yeah, using some, different business leaders and, and advice um, has definitely been helpful for us.
1: Thanks for sharing that. If there's anybody in the audience that has that idea that they've been holding onto in their back pocket and not quite sure how to launch that, I think you would be an excellent resource for them to go to. So thank you for sharing that. Glenna, maybe we'll move over to you. If you could share with us a bit about your career path and what got you to here today. Like you too, I grew up on a
4: cattle farm uh, from our Arcola originally. And when I graduated, I wanted to be a musician, but I'm practical. So I wanted to get a job first that would pay my bills. So I decided I'm used to working with equipment. I love doing that. So I'm gonna go into engineering. And at that time, I only envisioned design. I only envisioned actually creating new equipment, solving problems that I had with my existing equipment. So it didn't even occur to me that I might end up in a production environment. But I was in an industrial systems engineering program because that was the most accessible to me. It had a co-op program so I could get jobs along the way. I found out I wanted nothing to do with process. I didn't want to be in the oil industry. I I hated that. So I wanted to be in manufacturing and when I graduated from university there were no jobs anywhere. Nobody from my class was, they were all heading to um, Ontario or to Alberta and just about nobody was getting placed in, in Saskatchewan. But in my last co-op work term, I found out that I didn't know how to design to actually get something made. So I went into machine shop and I wanted to be able, my designs, I wanted to make sure that they could actually be made. And in machine shop, I um, was just about finishing the program and they needed help with some of their new CNC equipment. You can tell how old I am by that. They were just starting to implement CNC equipment in the course. And so I stayed and helped them, they contracted me. And while I was doing that, High Tech Profiles had just installed the first laser in Canada, or sorry, in Saskatchewan. And they needed someone to program and their current programmer went on paternity leave. So they called my instructor at machine shop and he said, hire this person, she's done the engineering side, she's done the machining side, she has the experience. So I started with them and then I met every manufacturer in the province because they all wanted things laser cut. And so I got to know all the different people that were manufacturing and I saw the parts that they were making and it was exciting. And so after a few years working at high tech, which was a wonderful job, but it gets a little tedious when you're mostly drawing circles and getting them cut out. So after a few years, I moved on to Dagleman Industries and I moved into technical sales with them initially and almost immediately into the production side. And I've really been working in production process improvement and taken on other areas, got into the IT area because we needed it in order to do some of our production processes. Um, So I've been involved in a whole bunch of things
1: in our company. It sounds like from your story, by specializing in that laser cutting, that was an opportunity for you to network and meet a whole bunch of people that you may not have have met otherwise. And then now you're able to build your career based on that networking that you had through specializing. Um, I think a lot of people
4: focus too quickly on specialization though. That worked out really well for me because it was a niche that opened up a whole bunch of doors. But I see a lot of people that specialize before they really know that that's what they want to do. And so they get pigeonholed into a particular area. We've had situations where we've hired people that were very specific and didn't understand, again, going back to that uh, machine shop position, didn't understand how things are actually done on a farm or how things are done in the work, like how things are actually built. And if you don't have that experience, specialization can be dangerous because you can get too focused and not be
1: able to relate to the world around you. I mean, our industry is not used to welcoming people to the workforce that do not have a background. Uh, we have not been all that welcoming, I think in the past, but people that are coming into the industry, some of the new Canadians we have, some of the new students, and some of the people without that agriculture background are going to be bringing with them perspective from entirely different industries. And I think as an, in, as an agriculture industry, we could maybe do a better job of appreciating what those experiences might bring to our industry in terms of innovations or specialty or anything else. Well, I think in any position, especially
4: when you're junior in a company, get there every day, show up, show that you want to excel at whatever job you're in. It doesn't matter what task you're doing. If you're shredding paper, be the best paper shredder that's ever been and be there every day. And if you do that watch what's happening all around you and as you see other tasks volunteer hey I'd like to help out with that do you can I stay a little later tonight and see can I try welding can I do whatever needs to be done that you think is aligned with where do you want to go and if you show ambition you'll get there.
1: Chris maybe we'll move over to you share with us your story.
5: Yeah so similar to, to Donna my uh my background on the farm is our our family had a farm. My uh, my mom's family grew up in the oil field in southern uh, southeast Saskatchewan. My dad came from a farm, but I actually grew up more in the patch or the oil field than I did on the farm. we uh, Would go back for harvest maybe in spring, give them a hand, but I didn't have super strong roots in the farm like my cousins did. Appreciated it, but very similar to you. The one thing I knew about it was that is not the career I wanted when I. Uh, ended up with everything, and I ended up with a hotel and restaurant management degree, almost a psychology degree. <laughs> I left that one. Uh, golf course. I, I got a quick bolt on uh, golf course management degree. Then uh, family things brought me home to the the family farm. Um, my parents left the oil field when uh, they became empty nesters, and I went away to university. Uh, Dad. Uh, started taking an active role on the farm with his brothers so that's where they ended up. Uh, unfortunately my mom got sick so I, I wanted to take uh, the opportunity to come home I grew, or the farm was in a, a small Saskatchewan town which now is on the map because of Seedhawk and Vatterstad, but Langbank uh, moved home to Langbank needed a job, took a job on the floor I ended up as a painter actually on the floor uh, and showed up for work every day much like you were saying and uh, quickly some unique talents that I had, mostly talking and being inquisitive, uh, came, came up. As the company got bigger, they needed people to come to this show at the time. Uh, Farm Progress Show was the majority of our marketing, so I started coming to the shows and, and talking and visiting, and pretty soon before I knew it, I was uh, in the marketing department, and I was in the sales department, and I, I had a wonderful career uh, with that company, ended up all over the world with them. Along the way, got addicted to talking about new technology with farmers. I just loved challenging why you did something some way, and have you considered a, a new technology or a new way of of going about things? And I'm old enough that that first challenge was actually very our uh, uh, direct seeding or or uh, going straight in. We were still doing a lot of tillage when I started, and then it became big toolbars, big tanks, sectional control, all kinds of things. Uh, so when my career came to an end with them, uh, data, uh, variable rate were kind of the, the new technologies that were being played with. So I, I spent four years there, uh, in that space. And then, uh, the, the a company called DOT in, uh, Regina started, and I got the opportunity to, to try and help bring robotics and, and automation and, uh, that next level into agriculture. So joined them, which then uh, got purchased by Raven and my career has just been filled with challenging farmers and challenging the industry on, on that new technology. And I love it. And uh, uh, there's so much of that in agriculture that I think from outside of ag, you don't know about these new technologies and new ways of going about things. Uh, it, it's been a, a, a wonderful career and, uh, The part about it I appreciate the most is it allows myself the luxury of living in small town Saskatchewan. It's a benefit to this career to be surrounded by your customers and farms and, and what we're actually trying to do out in the field. Uh, a lot of people I talk to from cities dream of living out here. They just don't know how to go about getting out into the country and uh, I think it's because there's not initiatives like like this to educate the masses on there's wonderful careers.
1: You have a, such a diverse career. You, know, you mentioned hospi- some hospitality industries, the golf course, psychology, that was probably helpful in all of those. Is there a common thread that exists in you today that makes you good at what you do?
5: Yeah, it's just talking and visiting and having conversations and, and once again being inquisitive. So farmers are, are exceptionally easy to actually talk to compared to most industries about what needs do you have, what what could fill a gap, what could improve your role. And like I said, that misconception that we do things the way that dad did it and grandpa did it, that, that's just not true. But it does take just having open conversations and, and allowing those conversations to lead wherever they do lead to, to uh, identifying those needs, helping them find solutions, offer solutions. And then uh, reporting back, Uh, you know, that's a a huge need in our industry is making sure there there are enough people that are familiar with farms and the way things actually work on farms to report back to the engineering department and the the factory to make sure that product is actually tailored to the needs of of that area. And then helping take those products to different areas. Western Canada is never going to farm the way that they farm in the Corn Belt, We're never going to farm the way that they farm in Australia, but those similar needs are there. We just have to modify the product and and talk to the customers and farmers from those different areas and then help bring those products to new spots and new markets.
1: So from an HR perspective, you were talking about how you're encouraging people to, to come into this industry. They need to be good communicators in general, both in the talking piece of it and the learning piece of it. Is there any... Um, learning that they can do on the job as it's relating to communication?
5: Absolutely. The the majority of what I know about agriculture, uh, the way farms work, the needs of farms, what makes farms different, I learned in the halls of trade shows just like this. And it was from talking to farmers over and over again and other industry professionals, but mostly farmers to to be honest. Uh, and understanding what their needs are and, um, understanding that every farm is different and has different needs for different reasons, but there's very common themes running through, but, uh, yeah, just get out there and visit and talk to farmers and talk to other people that have been in the industry and, uh, the... Availability and the willingness for knowledge share in agriculture is, is another thing that just doesn't exist in most, most industries. Um, a farmer or a manufacturer in this industry would love to tell you what is making them successful and what their pain points are. Uh, A lot of industries, we, we don't share that kind of knowledge with our competitors and Farmers just don't see themselves as competitors, and honestly, most manufacturers in this industry don't see themselves as competitors. Uh, we're all trying to figure out how to how to improve agriculture, and uh, we can get right down to the root of it that we're trying to feed the world, and then that whole uh, warm fuzzy around it. But we're we're farm kids, most of us. When you when you chase it back far enough, and we'd love nothing more than to help our neighbors and help other people. So. Yeah, open yourself up to to visiting with others from the industry, whether that's farmers or manufacturers, and and you'll get much better at, at those communication channels and, and learning the industry and finding your niche.
1: Uh, Matt, maybe we'll move on to you. You have a really unique story, moving it moving from professional athlete into agriculture. Not that farming is not athletic or the industry doesn't require athleticism, but it, we'd be interested to hear your story.
6: So. Like a lot of people here, uh, I do have some farming background. I didn't actually grow up on a farm, but farming was always an important part. Uh, I grew up in Melfort and my dad ended up managing somebody's farm. So I spent some time through high school and uh, the other grades learning how farming worked and just being really intrigued by the equipment. That was always the big thing for me. I loved opening the side panels and the hoods on the equipment and looking through all the pulley systems, trying to understand how everything worked. And I remember explaining to my dad, like when I was 10 years old, trying to explain to him how a hydraulic system worked into a piece of equipment. So I just loved that aspect of it. And I loved being outside and I loved the connection with the land that farming provides. Uh, On the flip side, I also uh, started playing football uh, in grade nine and enjoyed the sport. I saw an opportunity that I could use my football career to go to school and get an education and uh, get something useful out of it. So I went to the university of Saskatchewan. I enrolled into mechanical engineering and five years later, after completing my degree, I decided that football was still something that I enjoyed and liked to do and was, uh, you know, just honored and grateful for the opportunity to continue that at a professional level. So I spent a year with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders after being drafted. Uh, in COVID, it actually we had to sit a, situ- uh, a season out in 2020. Um, and yeah, during that time, I uh, got married to my wife, who actually comes from a farming community. So I guess kind of the opposite way—I I'm, I'm married into a farm. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, yeah, so we moved down to Regina and started our career, or my career as a professional athlete. I didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to. I ended up getting injured and not getting a really good opportunity to play. And also during that time, we ended up expecting our first child. So coming to the off season, I kind of had a bit of a decision to make. We saw the ins and the outs of a professional sporting environment. And as, uh, you know, to a lot of people's surprise, it's maybe not exactly what you think it's going to be when you get there. Uh, so. We uh, had a lot of conversations, a lot of hard conversations after the season was over and decided that uh, my opportunity and my uh, career as an engineer was going to be better and more stable for our family long-term. And that was really the driving factor for moving on from the CFL and continuing to work as an engineer.
1: What were some of the lessons that you learned as a professional athlete that you're now able to take with you in your new career in engineering and agriculture?
6: The attitude of coming to work every day, putting your, you know, with your lunch pail, your hard hat and whether, you know, it doesn't matter what career that you're in, is that just having an attitude of being grateful that you have the opportunity, um, grateful that you have a job and coming in, not having any attitude to like coming in and just being humble about where your position is and willing to put in the work to, uh, you know, everybody wants to advance and succeed, but you have to have that base
1: after you moved into the agriculture industry did you think about finding a coach and are there some coaches in your life that have helped to guide you through your careers
6: yeah that's that's a really good question so i think the most important part is finding somebody and a leader that has a good vision that you can get behind it's you see it in sports the most successful teams usually have coaches with the most buy-in from their team members and people who really want to get behind a leader I think that's really important to, in your industry too is finding that person who's leading your company as an employee that you 100 percent agree with their mission you're backing them 100 percent and that just creates a way better team environment uh within the workplace and really helps uh advance and make your product better because everybody's on that same team everybody's working towards that common goal so i'd say within my own personal career uh the my Two current bosses, Trevor Thiessen and Dean Meyerly. I've read a cop. They're excellent examples. And they've provided a lot of wisdom and guidance so far for me.
1: So what does the agriculture industry really need to do to attract people? Because absolutely every industry here in Canada, and potentially globally, is looking for people.
5: I don't think it's money. Um, th- that's easy for someone to say that's in the middle of their career, but... Uh... I really don't think it is, especially with this next generation coming up, uh, they, they're looking for fulfillment, they're looking for lifestyle, they're looking for, uh, you know, other things than just wage. We all need wage, of course. Uh, but somehow education to people outside of agriculture, what is inside of agriculture. It's a, it's a difficult thing. I've done lots of lecturing at, at schools and guest speaking and worked with schools and, and now have, uh, you know, the... Donna came to me to, to ask me about AMC. All of that still seems to hit farm kits that are in school, taking farming classes and, and other industry professionals from our, our industry. We need to get that word out. They need to know, first of all, how exciting careers are in, in this industry for, uh, engineers and people like me that are addicted to, to new technologies and talking about new things, endless. You know, right now I'm in, in uh, automation and robotics. And when I get a chance to, to grab a young engineer that doesn't know anything about agriculture and explain to them, we literally have 120 foot wide robots running around fields. They have no idea that that exists in this industry. They think Tesla and working in the trucking industry are going to be the first place that they actually see uh, autonomy come. And we're, we've been doing it for a few years and, and are going to be first. I, I wish I had a magic answer how to how to let people in Toronto or Vancouver know what uh, what happens in the fields and what what it, this industry is all about. But I don't know the answer to that. But I know that's all it is the the lifestyle working with farmers, working with people from the the industry supporting farmers so fulfilling, so kind, such nice people to work with, so open and. The the rewards are there, the careers are there. It's just getting that word out to the the masses. We're we're here and we want you, and you'll be uh, embraced to a level that you're not in many other industries because we have that need in it, and it, we're farm people and we're used to looking after everybody who hasn't fed a neighbor and looked after a neighbor and and whatnot. So yeah, just informing.
4: So I think people have to be able to visualize and getting the vision out about our particular industry is another element to that. Engineering is one step, but there, there are so many careers in the ag industry. But unless someone can picture themselves, I had a niece that I was asking. and she's trying to get into an entry level position. And she was talking about maybe finding a cleaning job. And I said, well, have you considered welding? Have you ever tried welding? And total dead silence. I can, had no response at all. Hadn't even crossed her mind, and yet she could do far better in a welding career. That that has opportunity to become a career, but it hadn't even crossed her mind.
6: I would say that going through university, I remember in first year we got uh, demonstrations and industry people coming in, and I don't remember anybody from agriculture coming in and presenting to us. And we're in we're in mechanical engineering, so like I made some comments earlier. Uh, With AMC that we're in Western Canada. We have multiple farm manufacturers here. This is one of the best places as an engineer or someone with a technology or science degree to get a job. So I think we just need to do a better job promoting that within schools and within the fields there.
1: And Donna, maybe we'll throw the last word to you. What are the
2: opportunities in agriculture? Well, for starters, it's been so fantastic to sit up here on the stage with our ambassadors. And 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 you hear, I'm sure, in their words and hopefully in my words as well, the passion that we have for this industry, the varied career paths that we've taken to get to where we are today. And I think that the most important thing is is to remember that spirit of inquisitiveness, curiosity. Um, go out there and just explore. And, and to your point, Matt, absolutely, with careers in ag and all that we're doing, With our academic partners we will be there to present those opportunities and to let people know that um and hear from peers that they can identify with say hey this is somebody who i can actually relate to and hear their story we've got um, our ambassador videos that are on our website to be able to get that word out, we're also encouraging all of our members and people in the industry to do some shameless self-promotion, as I like to call it. To be able to, uh, you know, dispel some of the myths that are inherent about working in a career in our industry. So, of course, um, Careers and Ag is a great hub for that. So, careersinag.ca Uh, Our social media channels as well will have lots of information and plenty of opportunity and resources, including our scholarships. So now AMC uh, at our 50th anniversary convention, which just took place in December, began a scholarship again to try and incent students into careers in our industry. So we'll be promoting that ongoing and looking forward to awarding our first set of scholarships um, at our convention coming up here in Regina at the end of November.
0: If you'd like to learn more about a career in egg manufacturing, I encourage you to visit AMC's Career in Egg website at careersinag.ca, or visit the AMC booth and an upcoming farm show. AMC Cultivate is a production of Agricultural Manufacturers of Canada, AMC. Visit a-m-c.ca, or you can follow AMC on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at AMC Shortline CDA. If you have any feedback about the podcast or ideas for future shows, send an email to inquiries at a-m-c.ca, or send us a text to one AMC. That's four three one five three three one two six two. I'm Myron Glova for the AMC Cultivate podcast.